Hi everyone, I'm Rosemarie Miller here with Stephen Ehrlich, the Director of Digital Assets here at Forbes, here to tell us about why crypto tokenization hasn't gained much traction after nearly a decade. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. Thanks, Rosemary. So, Steve, as I just said, crypto tokenization hasn't gained much traction after nearly a decade. After much development and support from top-tier backers like Goldman Sachs and McKinsey, why is that? So, tokenization um, really is kind of, uh, I would almost say it's the great white whale of, of crypto. It's, as you said, it's been around for almost a decade. Um, to just quickly define it, it's the idea of creating um, digital representations of various what's called like real world assets or RWAs on top of a blockchain, be it Ethereum, Polkadot, Avalanche, Solana, um, what what have you. And the idea behind tokenization is that by putting these assets on a blockchain, which runs 24-7, 365, um, with near instantaneous settlement, these assets can become much more liquid. They can be um, much more divisible. So theoretically, you could take a share of a private equity fund and 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 let someone purchase it at a much smaller entry price than than before. And sort of this um, liquid utopia would just usher in a new era of financial wellness. I mean, that's kind of like the flowery uh, flowery outlook on it. Uh, and it's been talked about for, for years, I mean, going all the way back to 2015, 2016, when consortiums of major banks were leading nine-figure fundraises to create um, blockchain platforms that purport to act like real blockchains, but don't have um, the tokens and sort of the anonymous nodes on top of them to facilitate everything from um, high finance uh, structured uh, products to, um, to tokenizing gold and, and liquid assets like treasuries to even um, tokenizing uh, shares of stock. But um, back then, I mean, those were pilots, those were POCs, some of them were successful, they were all announced to great fanfare, but didn't really amount to much. And uh, I think honestly, starting this summer, when BlackRock announced that it was issuing or trying to issue a Bitcoin spot ETF, tokenization all of a sudden became a big thing again, where um, exchanges like the London Stock Exchange, banks like Citi and, and JP Morgan, HSBC, and, and, and I mean, the list goes on and on, are now doing token projects again. And I wanted to kind of look at the canonical history of tokenization to just see if anything was going to be different this time, because we've been having prognostications of billions of dollars of impact from tokenization for years, and it just has not amounted to much yet. Mm -hmm. So what challenges and debates have held back the adoption of tokenization in the financial sector? Mm -hmm. So this is a really important question because there's a few. I mean, for one, the industry still hasn't agreed on what types of assets uh, are the best candidates for tokenization. Uh, I mean, right now, the best or most successful application of tokenization is in stable coins. Um, these are digital dollar representations on top of blockchains. Uh, I think the total market cap for those is somewhere around 120, 125 billion dollars, two thirds of which is run by a somewhat shadowy outfit called Tether. And these tokens are primarily used to help facilitate trading in offshore exchanges. So not exactly the type of economic value that, that we're all looking for. Um, in 2018, um, shares of a hotel in Aspen, Colorado were tokenized and sold, but that was kind of seen as a 
poster child for, I think, what not to do and is seen as a bit of a joke in the industry. Uh, some people are trying to tokenize stocks and treasuries and, and very liquid assets, and there's questions as to, do you really need a blockchain to do this? And then um, for some of the more structured finance products, like nine-figure, ten-figure bond issuances, for instance, um, those have proven to be successful in uh, in kind of pilots and POCs and like closed off controlled environments. And, and that's all well and good. Uh, the math on tokenization, the idea of moving something from a T plus five settlement to a, to a T zero settlement or near instantaneous settlement makes a lot of sense. But then the trick becomes, okay, well, it works under this environment with perfect conditions. How do we make it interoperable with mm-hmm. every other bank and every other central bank doing the same thing? We can't just have a, a web of, of silos. There has to be a way for them to communicate and for assets to move from one platform to another. And that's a big hurdle, I think, for a lot of institutions to overcome that are already skeptical of sharing um, tech stacks with, with um, some of their competitors because uh, you have to find a way to make this stuff interoperable. The, the buzzword I keep hearing is secondary market liquidity. There has to be a resale market for all of this stuff. Otherwise, banks and institutions aren't going to want to keep that on their balance sheet if they can't offload it, if they can't lend it, if they can't sell it. And, and that's a huge problem for, for, for that use case, which I do believe is the best use case for tokenization. So why does it still seem so far from becoming mainstream? It, it's really funny. I, I hosted a panel last week in, in Barcelona at, at the European Blockchain Convention on, on tokenization. Uh, interestingly, it, I hosted it about an hour or two after the story published, which led to some uh, led to a, a curious discussion. Uh, there are some on the panel that debated whether or not like eight to 10 years is a fair amount of time to judge a technology. I mean, they pointed out how the internet took decades to develop. Uh, they point out how um, Bitcoin itself um, just celebrated its 15th birthday uh, yesterday on, on Halloween night and uh, crypto is still looking for its use case. So they, they pushed back a little bit on the contention I made that uh, tokenization um, has had a long enough runway to show some results, but um, but at, at the same time, I, I just at this point I don't think it's a technological problem. I, I think the technology to do this is well and good. It it, it works. Um, it is available. It's more of like a a game theory, economic, political issue where you need to corral all these institutions. And I'm not even just talking about. Um, private finance institutions, I'm talking about central banks, because for any of these in- instruments, there needs to be a tokenized electronic form of, of a dollar, a euro, a um, yen, what have you. And that either means um, tokenizing private uh, deposits at commercial banks or issuing um, digital uh, central bank, digital currencies, all of which has to work. And that just, a lot of projects in the past failed because companies could not agree on a tech stack and then find a way to expand it. And I'm not sure that this current incarnation of startups uh, has found the has found the code to to crack that problem just yet. So what exactly needs to change? What exactly needs to change for it to be widely adopted? So I think, again, there's two things that need to happen for this technology to be widely adopted. Um, there needs to be some sort of agreement on the right types of assets that should be tokenized. Not everything that can be tokenized should be tokenized. And I I think the lowest hanging fruit in that realm is probably uh, like Wall Street, um, 
like 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 very expensive structured products because at the end of the day i mean i was speaking with a lawyer earlier today and, and he kind of put it in a very succinct nice way uh, all that these banks want is a way to quickly clear and settle instruments amongst themselves i mean that's really what they're that's really what they're looking for and then it, it just comes down to figuring out the tech stack um there's a couple of different flavors for this and um banks and institutions are testing it right now i mean one there is the permissioned approach where um there are these like what I guess I would consider it to be private blockchains where they operate sort of like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, they have no tokens because only authorized nodes, authorized participants are allowed to join these networks and they all kind of work together to clear and settle trades. And there's no need for a token because they don't need that economic incentive for um, for pseudonymous um, entities around the world to, to work together towards a company. They're, they're already doing that and they know each other and the benefits will come from the cost savings and, and, and efficiency improvements. Um, like that's one element of it. Um, the trick, at least for that, is again, getting everybody to agree, getting everybody to trust each other um, on a piece of infrastructure, which is harder to do than you would think. I mean, for instance, JP Morgan years ago created their own platform um, called Quorum, and they tried to get banks and institutions to participate on it. And they basically scoffed because why would we trust JP Morgan with commissioning critical infrastructure for us? It actually had to be kind of wrapped into its own separate entity. And, and we're going to kind of see what happens with that. Um, on the other angle, um, there is a bit of a growing movement to try to do some of this on public blockchains like Ethereum. Avalanche is another one which has some sort of subnets where you can create like a, a sort of a public private hybrid um, separate entity on these blockchains and, and therefore um, you don't have to necessarily trust one entity with it, and you get a lot of the efficiency and, and throughput improvements that are promised by blockchains. But then the question there becomes, okay, uh, risk departments at banks will have uh, I'm trying to say here is like your, your question was like, what needs to change? We're, the industry is still wrestling with the same questions it wrestled with years ago. Um, there's more context behind these questions, but it, it's still like, what are the best use cases? and um, and, and what are the best tech solutions and this sort of like endless parade of, of pilot projects, hopefully we'll get closer to that answer. It, it needs to for tokenization to succeed. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. Great. Thanks, Rosemary.